0: My husband, D'Elda, uh, came to Cedarville uh, my last year of college. And um, he asked me out on a coke date just about a month before I was going to graduate. And it almost made me mad. I thought, well, why did he wait so long? If, here, here, I'm going to go back to Cleveland and uh, there we go. Uh, but uh, that was the beginning.
1: next most recent episode of the no greater joy podcast brought to you by the pastors here at grace baptist church beautiful Westlake, because we want for our people what jesus wants for his people that's to no greater joy and we find that no greater joy by stepping into the areas that bring no greater joy for god's people and we call those areas being a 24 7 worshiper a go person and an alongsider i am steve strong lead pastor here at grace baptist church and with me Across the table, Ryan Adkins, the associate pastor here at Grace, and we don't trust him with the mic, so we just give him all the instruments. Our tech guru Dan Craniac appreciate all of his good work. He's a member here at Grace. Produces this, makes us sound wonderful. And so, Dan, thank you. Appreciate your time and efforts. And some of these episodes, we've been taking to give our people an opportunity just to share their testimony of salvation and what we've called a, a gospel collision story. And we have a special woman with us here today, Nancy Payton. So, Nancy, thanks for taking time to share your story. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. We are glad that you're here. So why don't you just take a few minutes and introduce Nancy Payton. Who is Nancy Payton, (laughs) for those that might not know who you are?
0: Nancy Payton is a longtime member of Grace Baptist Church. I've been in and out because... uh, my husband and i were missionaries with the association of baptists for world evangelism but before that i grew up here in uh Lakewood, ohio actually where the church actually started yep. and uh that is the beginning of my story
1: very good so you were missionary the philippines right was it the the whole time there in the philippines
0: The Philippines, and then we came back to the United, U.S. for, and doing church planting planting. here. What
1: cities were you doing? Where were you doing that?
0: In Shelbyville, Indiana. All right. And then we were in Twinsburg, Ohio, which is where my my father, my husband died. Okay.
1: What church in Twinsburg? It was First Baptist Church. It is no longer. No longer. All right. Mm -hmm. Very good. So, Nancy, um, tell us a little bit of when... When you came to know christ well
0: um as a teenager um, actually i we were going i came from a religious a moral f- religious family mm-hmm. uh, my mother was a born again believer and um grew up in lakewood we um uh I grew up in Lakewood, and most of my favorite things in school were sports, and <laughs> that's what uh, kept me busy. We went day uh, weekly to a church that was close to us, but um, as I have two sisters, and growing up in the city, uh, we had an aunt and uncle who lived in a farm in Northwest Ohio, and they would have us. Come for the summer. We would take turns going there to stay for the summer. <clears throat> and uh, that's where I first really heard the gospel at the church that we went to. Actually, it was the church that my mother grew up in. And uh, we were all accepted the Lord there, and we came back to church, at, or came back here to Lakewood, and just not satisfied with what we were getting. My mother began just searching around and uh, saw that there was a little church. A church was starting, a Baptist church starting, in our area. And so we began attending, and that was the beginning of Grace Baptist Church. It started in Lakewood and then moved to the little building in Rocky River. Mm -hmm. And um, I had... So that's where we. That's uh, then through that, uh, where my interest and growth, in as a believer in Christ, really grew.
1: Were you? At what age did you come to know Christ?
0: Actually, I was about a in my teens.
1: Okay. Tell us a little bit about the circumstances surrounding that.
0: Okay. Actually, and sometimes this was a bit harder in later years when I had to explain this, but I was just sitting in a church there in Stryker, Ohio, and just heard the gospel, and and that's what I want. That's what I need. That's what I'm looking for. And um, that's nobody ever dealt with me or anything it was just me sitting there qui- quietly in the pews and um but as a later in life I began to question that and when I went to college my first year of college you would had a, a class that they were the teacher was talking about the importance of knowing when you were born again and so on and so forth and um I I just raised my hand and um just couldn't agree with that i mean that wasn't my story but and he said i remember him saying well if you have any questions you can just go and just you know get it straightened out with the lord by yourself there and if you have any questions whatever <clears throat> but i i didn't i was i knew that i knew jesus is my savior and that his spirit spirit bears witness with my spirit, Um, and there was a relationship there, and I had no question about that.
1: So what was the, so you were 17 when you put your faith in Christ? How old did you say?
0: Uh, Probably 16 or 17. 16 or
1: 17, and that... Time in college, what were there certain things that you were unclear about or unsettled about, or you know, did things kind of become more clear, more solid for you there in college?
0: Yes, it did. That, um, at first, you know, that was kind of an upsetting thing that that would have happened, but I was grateful for that because it made me, uh, stop and just evaluate and think through. Uh, <clears throat> what had happened, and j- I, I just knew that uh, Christ was in me, and I had no question about that. Mm-hmm. But it was it was good for me to be able to, and, and I think that verse in Romans is what was a big help to me, that his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Mm-hmm. And so that was the end of the questioning. There was a
1: settledness then yes. for you. yes. In college there, and that was Cedarville Cedarville College, if I understand right. Is that correct? Yes, it was. Oh, my, right.
0: The very first year they were down there. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, now, you've talked about your, your mom um, taking you to church. Where was your dad in all of this?
0: My dad was a very quietly religious person. <laughs> it was very private, and... Um, he didn't go to church with us. Um and I'm not sure why, he, but he was kind of a reserved quiet kind of a guy. But um actually it wasn't till much later when he got cancer and the pastor, Pastor Burns, uh came and visited at our our my mom and dad's home. We were in the Philippines at that time and
1: uh led him to the lord. Oh, oh wow. So growing up um was there not a whole lot of assurance was that a, a concern obviously maybe for you with your dad and
0: um yes it was actually I had written him a letter. Uh there would had been something that had happened in our church in in the Philippines. Um with an older man who had died but had come to know the Lord. And I remember sitting in the, at his funeral and thinking, well, what about your dad? If he died, would he? And I sat down and wrote to my dad and wrote him just my testimony and again and um, just asked him and told him, we'd just like the assurance that we would know that you're in heaven, uh, you're on your way to heaven when you and you'll be there when you die and um it took a long time for that letter to come back and um in the meantime, my father got cancer, and um <laughs> my sister uh wrote me and told me, and in those days there we lived in the island of Leyte and we had to go to another island to make a call to the United States. So we went on a boat ride from one island to the other island. And that early that next morning I called my sister and asked her about how he was doing. And she said, he got saved. And (laughs) I'm just, he got saved. She says, yes. I said, Oh, don't you know what that means? (laughs) But, um, and then she told me that he had accepted the Lord and and told me the circumstances of uh, pastor coming and talking to him
1: little different times you had to take a boat to go make a phone call. Right? <laughs> yeah things were a little different yes. then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so um, who have been you know well, maybe let's back up a little bit. You spent some time on the mission field. Tell us a little bit about you know growing from You know, a young girl who's growing up, uh, teenage years at church, and what is it that led you to go to Cedarville, and then what led you to the mission field?
0: Well, okay, from the beginning. (laughs) Um, Again, um, attending Grace Baptist Church, one of the first missionaries that we served was Carson Fremont, who was a missionary to the Philippines. And... um, then, so I was familiar with that much. I never, you know, I, I don't know where I was when World War Two was going on, but I didn't even think, I don't even know, didn't even know where the Philippines was. But uh, it just, you know, you get curious about something, and then, and uh, looked it up again. And then, so when I was in college again, taking a missions course, and we had to write on a particular field i chose the philippines and it was during that time that um, the lord just laid the burden on my heart for that ministry hmm.
1: Hmm. and so how did he how did he get you over
0: there how did he get me to the philippines yeah. well thankfully he gave me some um, a travel companion yes <laughs> Um, at, well, there at Cedarville, at the Match factor, Factory, as we would often call it. You got uh, your
1: MRS degree? Yes, yes.
0: Uh, yes, got the bachelor's degree first and then my <laughs> MRS <laughs> degree. But um, my husband, D'Elda, uh, came to Cedarville um, my last year of college. And um, he asked me out on a coke date. Just about a month before I was going to graduate, and it almost made me mad. I thought, "Well, why did he wait so long? (laughs) Here, here, I'm going to go back to Cleveland, and uh, there we go." Uh, But uh, that was the beginning, and um, he had transferred. He had just recently been saved. And had uh, gone to Indiana University and had no purpose, so he had dropped out. And during that time, he was saved, came to know the Lord as his Savior, and then came to Cedarville uh, for ministry. So to make a long story longer, we were married. (laughs) (laughs) We were married in January of 1959, I think it was. Oh, my goodness. Um, And then together we went before the board of ABWE. Actually, I went before the board of ABWE as a single girl. And at the end of the time, uh, during this time, we were corresponding, DL and I were corresponding back and forth. And at the end of the time, I thought, no, I think I prefer marriage to missionary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I met the board and explained the situation to them. And I don't remember who it was, but it was one of the board members that said, I think we should recommend that this young lady go and uh, get another missionary recruit. So I did as they told me, and and we got married. And uh, then we moved to Washington State, and we're starting a church there in Connell, Washington. And Washington... I think that's where most of the missionaries from the Philippines were coming from, because there were, in the time we were there, there were several missionaries that we had in our home and in our church, who were from the Philippines, and um, one of them in particular took D aside and was very influential in his life as well. And uh, then with the follow-up that we were getting from ABWE as well, we applied to uh, the Association of Baptists for World Evangelism for missionary service in the Philippines.
1: So just neat how, you know, here you are as a young lady hearing Carson Fremont, and I remember him coming, and I remember him uh, giving reports and being yeah. here for conferences. and But you were hearing and watching him you know, and he was in the Philippines, and huh. you're going to school, and you meet this young man and say, Okay, well, I'll hold off on the missions, we'll get married, and start planning a church in Washington, <laughs> right? And who's there? Yeah. Missionaries from the okay. God just kind of yeah, was orchestrating and opening doors, and that's... Uh, it's
0: that's fun crazy. to look back and see the steps and the Lord's direction and all of it. Yeah, Tell us a little bit about your husband. Uh, he was a special guy <laughs> um he he was evangelist at heart uh and he he loved the lord he was a church planter <clears throat> in the philippines he had a gr- grasp of the Cebuano lang cult dialect mm-hmm. is what it is and um did quite a bit of uh, literature writing literature had a radio broadcast um and then we started a church in Leyte, and uh, then from there we were we were in a we moved to a church in Manila, and uh, they were calling us to turn the church over to a Filipino pastor. So <clears throat> that's what we did, and then after that we came back to the states and ministered here. Yep.
1: So Nancy, who have been some of the key people that God has brought into your life um, for your salvation and for your growth that you'd like to you just you recognize and you thank the Lord for.
0: <laughs> I think probably um, two people in my from Grace in the early days, especially um, one was Fern Buncher, who was the Grace Baptist Church was started in their home and she was very uh, influential and worked with young people in our church and then also in our church um, uh, Dr. Bruce Turnbull Mm -hmm. uh, was at that time in our church as well who became a teacher, a professor I should say, at Cedarville and uh, he ministered to young people and um, I'd say those two.
1: What was it about their ministry that you really appreciate?
0: As a young person and a new believer, um, just soaking up their teaching Mm -hmm. Um, and just the ministry that they had to us as young people, In activities as well. It's just training, Mm -hmm, teaching.
1: mm -hmm. What have been what what would you say has been just the biggest difference knowing Jesus has made for you over the course of your cycles around the sun? (laughs) Many
0: many of them. Uh, I think I'd have to use the word purpose. Um, it gave a purpose for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you think of just day after day after day, same old thing was same old thing. But when you know Jesus is your savior, it's an adventure. It's not just a ho hum day to day. And I think that is the the difference. I like that little chorus we used to sing, with eternity's values in view. Lord, with eternity's values in view, may I do each day's work for Jesus with eternity's values in view. And I think that pretty much sums it up.
1: Yeah. Now, this is you're talking. This isn't a question that I gave you. So, little, <laughs> we'll see where what happens. You have you've walked with Jesus in a lot of stages of life, a young adult, teenager young adult, a mom, grandmother, now a widow, and um, maybe just talk about your walk with the Lord through those stages. You know, how is it, the uniquenesses in each of those different times of life and where you are now, how is it still special, Jesus still a treasure to you in all of those, but there's uniquenesses in each of those stages. Um and I, I don't know, maybe how have you seen those uniquenesses?
0: I I would have to say um the Lord's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Uh you, you go from one stage to another and um none of them are perfect. You're learning their steps, their stages. But uh to see God's faithfulness, he's always been there. He's always made a way. So many times I thought I knew the way, but he had a better way. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's glory just to walk with him and see how he takes you through those steps. And so it's a it's a relaxing, comforting thing if I can call it that to know that it's okay. Life is okay. Things that happen, they're okay because the Lord is faithful to accomplish his purpose through those things. And again, go back to purpose. He has a plan and a purpose for each day.
1: No matter how heavy, each stage kind of has its heavy burdens that oftentimes seem... uh completely overwhelming and there's no way out of it or it'll never end or I don't know how else to describe it, but yet his faithfulness continues and his purpose never ends and my life will continue on. Right. Right. Why don't we kind of wrap it up with this question. Just what have been the scriptures that are dear to you? Don't uh, say the whole Bible.
0: <laughs> yes, the Bible. <laughs> the whole, Bible. The the whole kids, thing. The Bible, or the <laughs> little kids answering Jesus. That's <laughs> right. um, I boy, it's that's hard to mm-hmm. nail down. Um,
1: Is there one I, specifically maybe meaningful to you right now?
0: Uh, uh, yeah, Isaiah, Fa- Psalm, Isaiah Psalm. Isaiah Psalm. Uh, Isaiah 46, 4, is one that I like especially. Even to your old age, I am he. And even to gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made you, and I will bear. Even I will carry and will deliver you. That's from the New King James. Yeah.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, Nancy, I appreciate you taking a few minutes sharing about God's glory and His salvation in your life, and where He's taken you, and we could probably have more episodes exploring different different things. <laughs> but I tell you what, I do appreciate you uh, taking a few t- few minutes and sharing, and and uh, just praise God for how He's used you at Grace and lives. And I know that uh, He's not done using you, so thank you for thank you for sharing. Well, thank you for allowing me to. Well, till the next episode. God bless.